I rejoice in the few things I can do well. We're pretty happy when we get something right, when we do something well. But after that, well, <laughs> there's always more to do. And we don't do all things well. A similar problem, we think we've done well when we focus on this and we find out it's really much more about that. Jesus feeds 5,000. How long have we been in John chapter 6, Sunday mornings? What a great chapter. It's time to move on. They think it's about bread. Jesus talks about the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. You remember that, but let me tell you this. He who eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood will live forever. Today we find Jesus in Mark chapter 7. They thought it was about being the right people in the right place. Jesus heads off to Tyre and engages a Syrophoenician woman, testing her and finding faith in the most unlikely places. So Jesus, what are you doing here? You're in the wrong place. We thought it was here, and now you're there. Here on the fringes, on the edges, uh, if not the ends of the earth, at least the edges of the ends of the earth. Reminds me of that call day comment. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. Jesus has gone from Tyre on the west coast where Gentiles live to the Decapolis, inland east, where more Gentiles live. Doesn't he know what he's doing? Doesn't he do anything well? Oh, this was the Jewish Messiah, all right, the promised Savior of Israel. No doubt about that. But so far, those who have, should have seen him coming would just as soon have seen him going. And those who followed him were so often thinking this, and Jesus was much more about that. Now, to be sure, Jesus healed the sick, fed the masses, calmed the storm. To be sure, he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. To be sure, he was going to get to Jerusalem from Galil Hagoyim, Galilee of the Gentiles, uh, to Samaria, to Judea, and to Jerusalem. It's sort of a reverse of Acts 1-8, you see, when the mission goes out, but now Jesus is heading in. And to be sure, our text finds Jesus healing, healing a deaf and mostly mute man out here in the Decapolis, but privately, away from the crowd. We would have done it this way. Jesus does it that way. But ponder a minute what he's doing here. You know, sometimes with the word, this time with his own spittle as a means, he commands ears that cannot hear to be opened. Ephata. Aramaic, Ethpael, imperative, second singular masculine. Root pathach, it's the same word as in Hebrew, open, be opened, probably even a paragogic form. 
what's this passive imperative all about? God does stuff like this. Psalm 24 always puzzles me. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be ye lifted up, O ancient doors. As though doors can hear and open themselves. As though dead can raise themselves. As though ears that are deaf can hear and be opened. Hebrew and Aramaic often do abbreviate the passive. The agent is not often mentioned, but an agent there is. Have faith and believe. (laughs) We who are dead in trespasses and sins are not able to hear and have faith and believe or to be raised or to be healed or to hear. But when the creator of life, the creator of ears, the creator of objects both animate and inanimate, speaks, things happen. Let there be light. And there was light. You see, Isaiah had proclaimed the day when the creator would come as redeemer and herald the new creation. And then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And so a man who just wants to hear and to speak better comes to Jesus, maybe just for a better life. And suddenly we get a glimpse of the new creation. He thought it was about this. And it's so much more about that. You see, back at the first creation, the creator had declared that it was good. And when it was done, he said it was very good. And now the Redeemer comes along, and they note that he does all things Well, very good indeed. We think it's just about healing. And it's really so much more about the presence of God. The creator come as redeemer. We think it's just about hearing, our hearing. And it's about God's opening ears by the power of his word and spirit. We think it's about a better life, and it's about peace that passes understanding, a restoration that embodies forgiveness, life, and salvation. We think it's about mysteries and hard sayings, back to John chapter 6, and Peter puts it so simply, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And oh yes, it is about healing about hearing, and about mysteries, and about life. A full-bodied understanding of salvation that has to do with the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. See you at the symposium next week. And it's about the kingdom of God. About God's new creation come in Christ, a whole new life God's new way of life. 
yeah, we get some things right. We do a few things well. But it's about him who does all things well. We think it's about me. (laughs) And it's about him. And if Jesus does all things well, well, dear friends in Christ, then we can rejoice in what he might do well, even through us. For united with him through baptism into his death and resurrection, we can do things well, carry forth his word in his name. And so he entrusts the mission and proclamation of this new creation, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, even to the very likes of us. Indeed, the kingdom of God comes without our prayer. But we pray, and we work, and we do, as well as we can, that it may come among us also. From the edges of the world to Jerusalem, and from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. It is a new day, a new creation. Let there be light. And let there also be sight, sound, words, speech, hearing, things done well. But in all things, let us praise the one who breaks the darkness with a liberating light. Let us praise the word incarnate, Christ, who suffered for our plight. Jesus died and rose victorious, that we may speak God's words of light. We rise for praise and singing.